Hi there, I'm Laura. I'm an occupational therapist and a yoga therapist. Welcome to our series on high functioning anxiety and how we are bringing awareness to this internal experience and how the tools of yoga and meditation can help us to create a more supportive, more friendly internal experience of being us. In this video, we're going to be talking about some of the common behavioral patterns that you might see in somebody who has this experience of high functioning anxiety. And the first one is seeking challenges and achievements. We all do this in different ways, but it might be having a whole bunch of degrees, having a whole bunch of certifications, um, constantly doing triathlons and collecting medals that you can hang on your wall. Um, there's a lot of ways that people will channel their anxiety into this process of achievement. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, when we learn how to channel our feelings of pressure or discomfort towards something that's really productive and healthy, that can be a great pattern. But when we start to become too attached to our external achievements as a way of feeling worthy, as a way of proving that we belong somewhere or we deserve something, that can become an unhelpful pattern. So looking at our relationship to achievement of why, why is it so important that I get another degree and another certificate and take another training? Why? Is it because I feel like that's finally going to make me be enough, be good enough to prove that I'm a hard worker, to prove that I'm worthy? What is underneath that? What kind of pattern does that come from? Where did I learn? that my external achievements are how I prove that I am worthy. So there's a lot of deeper work that can be done there, but here's the tricky thing about high functioning anxiety. You look like this really highly motivated, passionate, driven person who is constantly doing challenging things and society loves that. And you're probably getting a lot of positive feedback from other people. Like, it's amazing, you did a triathlon, that's so hard, that's so great, look at you working hard. And you get this constant positive feedback that reinforces your need for that external validation because you don't feel like you can get the validation from inside. Now it's not to say that every person who has a bunch of degrees or runs triathlons is seeking personal worthiness. We can have a very healthy relationship with challenge and a very healthy relationship with um, personal growth through achievement, but it's only inside of us that we're going to know what drives us. Nobody else is going to know that. We have to look inside and really figure out what's underneath that. Is it healthy or is it driven by some sort of a feeling of unworthiness? So personal work to be done there. The next one is being highly organized. <laughs> I laugh because I like to color code things. So if you are also somebody who likes to be highly organized, if maybe a trip to Staples is one of your favorite things because you can get sticky notes and folders and things like that, this might be a pattern that you have. So the process of being highly organized kind of comes along with that feeling of perfectionism, that if I keep all of my ducks in a row, all of my papers where they're supposed to be, 
it will take a layer of stress out of my life. And gosh, is that something that, you know, we would all love to have a little bit less stress, a little bit less pressure. So being hyper-organized can be a way that we are trying to have more control, to feel like we've got it all together, and to take a little bit of that stress away. So that's a really common behavioral pattern in somebody with this high-functioning anxiety. The next one is difficulty saying no. We've talked a little bit about how patterns of people-pleasing and seeking external validation over our own internal needs. Like we put the needs of other people first and the needs of ourselves second because it's so important to get that pat on the back from somebody else or that appreciation or um, to meet their expectations of what we're supposed to be doing over our own needs and expectations. So not being able to say no when your boss asks you to do something, when a family member asks you to do something, even though you know your schedule is full, you are at capacity, but you're like, I'm just gonna have to figure out how to squeeze it in because I can't say no to this. If I say no, they're gonna be disappointed in me and that feels icky. I don't like disappointing other people. Right, so that's a really common behavioral pattern with high functioning anxiety, feeling like you can't say no because it's more than we can bear to feel like we have disappointed somebody, even if it means that we go without meeting our own needs. So that's a pattern that needs a lot of awareness and work underneath to figure out how to put our own needs first and to be able to say no, there might be a little feeling of guilt that comes with that, right? But we can also learn the emotional regulation skills to say, I'm gonna say no, I'm gonna create a healthy boundary because I know that's what I need. I'm gonna feel a little icky afterwards. I might feel a little bit of guilt and that's part of the process of learning how to create my own healthy boundaries and to protect my own needs. So the next one is being punctual or even early. So a lot of that anxiety is um, having difficulty waiting for things or fear that you're going to be late. So you pad your schedule with extra time just in case there's traffic or something goes wrong, you know, any, you'll come up with many different scenarios in your mind of what could possibly cause you to be late. And showing up late for something, even if it's just a minor thing, like you're supposed to meet somebody for coffee at three o'clock and you're there at 2.30, like, oh, God forbid I'm late. That person might be disappointed in me. I might feel like I did not do a good job organizing my day. And that's going to mean that I did a bad job, right? And that feeling is what we're trying to avoid by being over prepared, showing up early so that any possible scenario is not going to throw us off schedule. There's also subtle signs of impatience, right? We all experience impatience, difficulty waiting for something, but with high functioning anxiety, there's always a feeling of being behind. So anything that gets in your way is going to bring up like that little bit of irritation, like, oh, there's a line at the bank, like, why do all these other people need to go to the bank like I need to go to the bank? Get out of my way. There's this little bit of impatience that can kind of follow you around. You might be really good at masking 
that bit of irritation and impatience that comes up when something throws your schedule off that your perfectly laid out plan is not going exactly the way you planned it out and somebody is late or something didn't happen at the right time, that feeling of impatience can come up very regularly because you have these expectations of the timeline of what's supposed to be happening when and most of the time things are not happening as quickly as we want them to and that can bring up that feeling of impatience. But other people might not describe you as someone who is impatient because you internalize that and you don't say things or behave in a way that lets other people know that you're irritated by that and that's part of that masking um, with high functioning anxiety that we're trying to maintain that external veneer of everything's fine, I'm in total control. So the next one is the constant need to rush and to get more done. There's always more on the to-do list and this kind of feeds back into when we were talking about difficulty relaxing, you're always like, oh, I, I could get that one more thing done, I could check that one more thing off my list. And it can be an internal pattern of thinking, and I'll put this in the category of what I like to call like lies that our brain tells us, especially anxious lies, when your brain is like, well, if you check one more thing off your to-do list, you'll feel like you can rest. So you do that one more thing and you're like, okay, do I get to rest now? And your brain's like, well, what about this other thing? You could also do this other thing. And then, and then you'll get to, then you'll feel worthy of resting. And, and the cycle goes on. So that constant need to cram things into your schedule to get more done. Um, sometimes this can actually cause people to be late for things. We talked about how often high functioning anxiety causes you to be early or over prepared, but I've also seen it the other way where people feel like, well, I had to just try to get one more thing done before I left my house. And then I ended up being late for that appointment. Like you always feel like, well, I can't leave yet. Let me just get one more thing done. Being very proactive, always trying to head off problems. This goes back to the patterns of overthinking, overanalyzing, um, worry kind of feeding. Um, and it feels like worry and planning sort of become enmeshed. And planning, of course, is a very important thing that we all have to do. Planning and preparation is important for all sorts of different life events. But when it steps over into this place where you have to constantly be three steps ahead of everything, or you feel like you're not going to be in control, or you won't be able to prevent bad things from happening, that becomes a really strong anxiety pattern. So that on the outside, you look like you're really proactive. You're always trying to like head off the problems, but it's very much supported by, I can't let anything go wrong. I can't let any mistakes come to the surface. And that can create a really exhausting internal pattern. So like we always say, <laughs> that we don't have plan A, B, and C, like most people are still on plan C and in my head, I've already gone to like Z with um, alternatives and possibilities of like, well, if this happens, I can do that. And if that happens, I can do that. Okay, the next one is procrastination. So you might be super proactive and like get a big head start on whatever project it is because you need all the time to create that perfect outcome. Maybe you're writing a paper, maybe you're putting a presentation together, whatever it is, you're like, I'm gonna get started immediately because I'm gonna need all this time. The opposite end of that is procrastination 
which has a fear of failure underneath it. So if a project feels kind of daunting or you feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this perfectly. I don't know if I can create the high standard of work that I have created for myself. I'm just gonna push it over to the side and do something else for now. And it kind of like looms in the background and the anxiety can start to breed of like, oh, I really need to start that, but like, how do I start? I don't know, it's not gonna be perfect. I'll just keep pushing it off. And that can create a pattern of procrastination, which can then create a lot of time pressure in your life. Because if you put that off too long and a deadline is coming up, then you start to get some anxiety about how that project is going to come out because you haven't left yourself much time to really put it together. Okay, and then the last one, it's a very common one, is the experience of deprioritizing tasks or experiences that are just for fun, just for the sake of experience, just for relaxation and enjoyment. Those things are not important. That's not how you get external achievements. That's not how you earn certificates and you get people to compliment you on how productive you are. So to someone with high functioning anxiety, things like just going out for fun might be something that they kind of label in their head as, well, that's a waste of time. I should be working on that project. I should be you know, working on this paper that I'm writing, this book that I'm writing. That's more important, that's more productive. So there's this pulling away and deprioritizing or even looking down on things that are just for fun, just for enjoyment where the opposite side that we try to look at that from, especially in yoga philosophy, we talk about how um, our internal layers are really connected to this experience of bliss. And it's like the pure bliss of just being alive and just being a part of the universe. And when we spend time outside, when we go for a walk, when we get to do something fun with our friends or our family, it helps us to connect to that experience um, a little bit more. So watch for that pattern if you are tending to like deprioritize or put off things that are just for fun because they're not important. They're not how we get um, a pat on the back because we have to build that intrinsic connection to why socializing is important, why maintaining our um, human bonds is a really important part of our overall health and why doing fun fun things and leisure activity is also a key part of our overall health and preventing burnout. That is the key thing here. If you have high functioning anxiety, we are always trying to avoid overworking and moving into that place of burnout. So I hope this has helped you to understand a little bit more about high functioning anxiety and how yoga and meditation can bring awareness and options to create a more helpful, and supportive internal environment. Hi there, I'm Laura. Thanks for being here. If you enjoyed this video, make sure that you are subscribed. You can also head over to largiyoga.com to get into our virtual yoga studio. That is our community for healing and self-development through the techniques of yoga therapy. 
You can join us for meditation sessions, therapeutic workshops, live yoga classes. You can check out the on-demand yoga therapy library with over 400 videos and growing every day. And you can also book a private session to work with me as a yoga therapist. Thank you.